Hello, and welcome to Daily Rhythms. I'm your host, Victor Hunter. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to Daily Rhythms. This is episode number six, Praying with All Kinds of Prayers. I want to begin uh, by thanking those of you who uh, signed on to become Daily Rhythms prayer partners. Uh, Thanks for linking arms with me in this ministry. If you'd like to become a prayer partner, uh, simply contact me at victorhunter7 at gmail.com. That's victorhunter, the number 7, at gmail.com. Or... You can message me on Facebook Messenger. You can also use this contact information to request prayer or for questions, concerns, or feedback. I welcome it all. Okay, let's get started. The title of this episode comes out of a passage we actually looked at in our last episode, Ephesians 6.18, where Paul says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. This first lets us know that there is more than one type of prayer. Growing up, my sister Lynn, uh, who has since gone on to be with the Lord, was the first person to teach me how to pray. I remember kneeling down beside my bed and saying with her, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That part sounded kind of scary, but be that as it may, uh, many of you were, were probably reciting it in your head as I went through that exercise. And so for years, I thought that was the only acceptable prayer to God. That and God is grace, God is good, uh, right before meals. I didn't know anything else, and I'm sure you can identify with that. But as we study the scriptures, we see a number of prayers listed. So I want to take you through four of these. There are more, by the way by using the acronym ACTS. A lot of people use this acronym in their daily prayer rhythm. So here it is, ACTS. A for adoration, C for confession, T for thanksgiving, and S for supplication. So let's look at the first one, adoration. Now, for left-brain people like myself, this is sometimes hard. I'm sure many of you can uh, relate, right? We say, I'm just not the emotional type. Or we might say with Simon and Garfunkel, I am a rock, I am an island. For those of us who feel that way, we have to go even deeper into the emotional depths of the spiritual life. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in, I believe. He can help us with that. One thing that God has helped me with is to ask, what do the writers of Scripture say about God? Here's an example of an adoration prayer in 2 Samuel 22, 
verse 2 and 3. King David says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, uh, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my Savior. My God is my rock, in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He is my refuge, my Savior, the one who saves me from violence. So over time, I began expressing how I felt about my Savior with um, words often taken from Scripture, mixed in with a few of my own. Now, my words are not um, eloquent or fancy, uh, but neither are those uh, of the writers of Scripture, for the most part. So let's make this practical. Here's an example of what one of my adoration prayers looks like. I'm reading from my prayer journal. O oh God, you are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. You are the one and only God. There is no other. You are the God who never changes. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I give you praise, honor, glory, and majesty, for you are so deserving. You are worthy of my worship. You are worthy of my praise. So that's the prayer of adoration. Now, yours might look a little different from mine, but you, you get the idea. The second is the prayer of confession. This one is, uh, well, a bit challenging for many of us. In this prayer, you really have to get open and honest with God. Some people call this doing business with God. In this prayer, you and I come into the presence of Almighty God and come face to face with our own brokenness and our need for a Savior. This is where you basically say, God, I am a sinner. I am broken. I've done wrong. And be specific. If you had a bad attitude toward your spouse and your kids, confess that. I've had to do that on more than one occasion. If you gave someone the finger because they cut you off in traffic, I'm just being real, y'all. Confess it. If you, in a conversation with your co-workers, called your boss an idiot, confess it. But the main thing here is ask God to show you where you're wrong. Because sometimes we have blinders on. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 13, uh, 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now this is what I wrote in my journal about this verse. I said, when I read about this searching, this probing, this intimate knowing, I am undone. But believe it or not, this is a good thing. It's a spiritually healthy thing. 
Here's what King David wrote in Psalm 51 after committing adultery with Bathsheba and having her husband Uriah killed. Verses 1 through 4 read, I have, uh, reads, I have, mer have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. I would recommend reading the psalm in its entirety. But David's confession here is open and honest and vulnerable. That's what the prayer of confession is all about. The last two I will mention are in a single verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Here, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Paul first mentions the prayer of petition or supplication, probably because it is the one we are most familiar with. What is a petition? A petition is a request made to someone uh, who serves in an official capacity and asking them to do something about it. So in this prayer, we're asking God, who serves in an official capacity, to do something. Now Paul writes here to a church in Philippi who were no doubt anxious about some things. So he says, Pray about those things. Present your petition to God about those things. My mother-in-law's uh, translation of this verse is, If you're going to pray, don't worry. If you're going to worry, don't pray. Anybody, anybody out there today anxious? Seems anxiety is at an all-time high right now, right? And why not? We are living in troubled and anxious times. We have this thing called a pandemic. We have racial and civil unrest. We have job losses and, and financial instabilities and marriage breakups. So God is inviting us into a space where we can ask of God what we'd like him to do about those things. We have this saying, it is what it is. But my question to you is, does it have to be that way? We have a God who is sovereign and powerful over everything. And he's saying, give me your petitions. Let me know how you want me to move in this situation. And he will move, folks. Makes no mistake about that. It might not be the way we want him to move, because he often has information that we don't have. But he moves sovereignly and providentially. He moves. But there's a piece that's often missing in our prayers of petition. Watch what Paul says. By prayer and petition, 
with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Did you catch that? Petition plus thanksgiving. These two go hand in hand. To selfishly ask of God without having an attitude of gratitude is a huge mistake. This is a discipline in and of itself. I am on a ministry team uh, at church in which we start every meeting with thankfuls. It reminds me that this is a great discipline to cultivate. Here's a good place to start. Psalm 106 verse 1. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Then you might spend some time thanking God for all the ways you have seen his goodness. If we really think about it, um, you know, when we when we do this this Thanksgiving thing, uh, and and we think about the the ways that God has been good to us, the way that He has shed His His favor on us, could take you about a month or so. As we wrap up this series on prayer, I'd like to share these final thoughts from Richard Foster in his book Prayer: Finding the Heart's True Home. Number one, first. I want to remind you that prayer is nothing more than an ongoing and growing love relationship with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Number two, we must never be discouraged by our lack of prayer. Even in our carelessness, we can hunger for God. If so, the hunger is itself prayer. In time, that desire will lead to practice, and practice will increase the desire. Number three, let go of trying too hard to pray. Some people work at the business of praying with such intensity that they get spiritual indigestion. Just remember that prayer is a progressive part of the spiritual life. And finally, number four, we should learn to pray even while we are dwelling on evil. Maybe we're struggling with an internal battle over lust or greed or ambition. The best thing you can do is talk to God about that. He's not surprised by it. In short, let's take our disobedience to the arms of the Father because he is strong enough to carry the weight. I hope you have grown closer to God as a result of this series on prayer. Let's close with this. Jude 24 and 25. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault, and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forever. Amen. God's blessings to you all.